BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, yo, what's good? Check it out. This is your boy, Elder Sensei. One half of the legendary artifacts. You are right now in tune to my man, Tim Einenkel at the library on rapstation.com. Let's get it popping, y'all. Artifacts. Peace, Elder Sensei. I'm out. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 it's my man, Duplicate, Sensei, Sensei. The Immortals Project, featuring Elder Sensei's latest album, was and is called Rogue Agents. It dropped late last year, but is an album that should be talked about and blasted from your speakers for a long time. I had a great honor to talk to Elder Sensei, the lyrics behind the album, and I have a great honor to speak to the man behind the beats, El Spitover, producer Louis Duplicates Reyes. Uh, Duplicates, thanks for joining me on the library with Tim Einenkel. Hey, thanks for, for having me, Tim. I've uh, been a fan now for quite a bit, um, especially since you guys started rocking the album and playing cuts off of it. I've been listening to you know a lot of your interviews, and in particular, I really dug the one with Crooked Eye. I'm a huge Crooked Eye fan, and um, it's cool because a lot of your interviews, I've mentioned this before, it's like a... You know, we should, you should do like a inside the rapper studio because it, it feels like a, it feels like a genuine conversation. It feels like someone, you know, you, the person who's interviewing the artist, it feels like you've done your research, like you actually know about uh, the people that you're interviewing. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely honored to be um, with yourself being interviewed. It's, it's awesome. So, uh the Motors Project featuring El Sensei. I mean, I think a lot of us want to know, how did you and El Sensei link up? Well, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Soul Wallace, she introduced us, and um, she was like, hey, you know, uh, if you have some beats laying around, she knew I made beats, and her and El go way back, so she was like, hey, you know, if you have some beats, send them over to El, have them check them out, and so on and so forth. So I put together a batch of beats and send them on over, and he liked a bunch of them and one thing led to another actually pretty pretty quickly um he ended up rapping on about four of the beats and was actually kind enough to pull in craig g to rap on one of the Craig G. Uh, 
show is Crank G. Duplicates, I'm a sensei, we smash-ish classic. Hip-hop, yeah, we get it drastic. Get your ass kicked. If you ever think you're testing us, I got my mic. Hurry now, get your weapons up. Lyrics, skills, the way they come is effortless. Verbally, I smash an MC. Just leave it left to us. Look a little closer. You'll never, ever get the touch. Switch gears on an MC. Now watch them hit the clutch. Rip them up. Tip for sanitation to come pick them up. Power from my verses. Have enough strength to lift a truck. Duplicate, duplicates, break boys. Who or what? Treat them like Cypress Hill. Shoot, shoot them up. Cause we always represent hip-hop to the fullest with skills. We don't need the guns and bullets. So everybody put your hands up and make noise. Greg G, Ella Sensei, and the break boys. Let's go. So he sent me back the vocals and I kind of tinkered away on my own in my own lab. I was living in Vermont at the time, actually. And um, the EP, which was mixed, recorded, and mastered in 2008, didn't come out until 2009. And we didn't actually meet until after the EP was released. I mean, like, it was on iTunes and the whole deal oh, wow. by the time he and I met. Yeah. So when he and, my, he and I met was when I moved down to Jersey in 2009. We hit it off immediately and we started like hanging out and just outside of music, like not even just hanging out in the studio, but going to shows together and, you know, I'd give him a ride to the airport. He'd come over to my house and we'd have dinner and the whole deal. So we actually started bonding. And I think that's why if you listen to the EP and then go and listen to uh, the album Rogue Agents, that's one of the reasons why it sounds different is because the dynamic between MC and producer became a lot more intricate. Like we really got to know each other. I really got to know what made him tick and he got to know what made me tick. And we kind of developed our own little shorthand in the studio. And when we talk about beats and rhymes and all that kind of stuff. So that's one of the reasons I think, you know, if you listen to those two back to back, they sound different. And it's not to say that, you know, the EP is whack in any way. Um, it's definitely different. There was a mix between hip hop and drum and bass. But then by the time we got around to Rogue Agents, you know, we had we had ideas, we had a scene going, we had certain threads we wanted to follow and certain points we wanted to hit on. So um so yeah, that's you know, the the story of how Elle and I met originally. Cool. And I was asking to ask this a little later interview, but you you kind of you kinda of touched on it a little bit. Um when producing, as a producer, I guess when producing a beat, um, how important is it to like? I mean, for L, the sensei, for example, how, how how important is it to you to actually, I guess, know who's going to spit on the beat? Um, just because, like, I'm wondering, like, if there's a guy who has a, let's say, for example, an MC with a bassy voice, I imagine as a someone who creates music, you probably then would have less bass in the in the music, right? Right, right. Wow, you you listen to music, don't you, Tim? I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, you do have a point. Um, keeping it, you know, relative to to L and Rogue Agents. If you notice, with Rogue Agents, there's a lot of um, horns in it, right? There's like if you listen to. Um, I don't know, On the Rise, and if you listen to Pass It Off, and there's a lot of brass and major play. There's a lot of brass in the album in its entirety. And it's one of the reasons is because, aside from the fact that we wanted to make like a statement, right, and brass horns, you know, trumpets and trombones and saxes, they kind of had this 
um, I'm going to make a statement sort of a sound, very celebratory type of thing. But aside from that, L's voice tends to sound very big, very in your face. Um, I recently read on a blog, like, L the sensei does bully rap, so to speak. I didn't realize, you know, there was such a thing as bully rap. I'm like, L's cool. He's not a bully or anything. But <laughs> I, I think with the, the point they're trying to get across is that he, his voice has a lot of presence, right? right? right. So I think the brass is something that um, also has a lot of presence and complements well. It goes well together, right? Um, and then at the same time, I also use a lot of keys. For some reason, I think the texture of his voice sounds really good, whether it's for the Rhodes or a Hammond or even just a, a grand piano. It just, depending on how it's played, obviously, it sounds really, really good. Mm. There's a certain, when when I'm mixing his vocals, there's a certain compressor settings that I use because I know that when I bring in the bass, his voice is going to be so big that the bass will get you know, drowned out if I don't mix it right. So actually, there's times when I'm mixing his vocals where I take away a little bit of the bass on his vocals and mix it just right. It's, sometimes it's hard to tell if you listen. If I do it the rightest way that I can, it's hard to tell that I've taken bass away from his voice. But I do to make room for the bass line in the songs and bass for, and room for the bass and the kicks and, and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, you're, you're right. Just to answer your question, there are certain ways I need to approach the beats I'm going to present to him because I know the texture of his voice. And that goes back to uh, the relationship he and I developed where we got to know each other, not just as artist and producer, but as people. You know, I kind of got into his head, figure out what he likes and, you know, things of that nature. Oh, cool. And as and going back back to the EP, I mean, do do you feel that do you ever feel that you you would have loved to redo the EP again? You know, again, uh, post meeting him, I guess. I mean, do you do you ever look at it and be like, oh, it would be so much different, and I would have done this, this, and this, or are you just like let it? You know, it happened. It happened. Yeah, yeah you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking of that recently, um, only because. We planned to do a remix EP to Rogue Agents, and I was thinking, man, what if, you know, I go back and take the original EP and remix the entire thing or redo it, so to speak. Mm. Um, I mean, it is what it is, and I'm happy with the way it is. Um, I did a little bit of that with Rogue Agents. The last two songs, if I remember correctly, are actually remixes of the first EP, two songs from the first EP. Right, yeah. But I think it'd be I think it would be cool to go back to the EP knowing what I know now and us knowing what we know of each other and reinterpret it so to speak. Even if it is the same music, but just do a remix down of the music and, and maybe add a couple of elements and switch some things around. I think it would be interesting, especially in this day and era where you have all these different reinterpretations of original things, you know, like with movies, they keep doing the same Batman over and over, they keep doing the same Spider-Man over and over, well, why couldn't you do that with, you know, with music, a reinterpretation or, or a reimagining of a piece of work, you know, so I think it would be cool to do that. That's dope. Yeah. We're going to try something. We're going to try this. 
stupendous mouth off. Right hand and not the southpaw. Able to rock glass jaws. Stature lean. Six foot dream. Stance in the crowd's battle ready for my team. I want to go to the, um, we're talking about Rogue Agents, and I want to go to one of the first songs that you guys, um, you and Elle kind of, quote unquote, chiseled during the recording process of the album, which was On the Rise. Yeah. Uh. Immortals. Part two. Yes. More Jersey ish. Duplicates. Elder Sensei. Let's go. Uh. Immortalized, revered Lyrics are commandeered Necessary and flawless We sip coffee and out of here Me and Dupa like beer And piffery Special delivery Favorite decatur Many specifically How did that track come together? And also As a producer What did you want listeners To get from this track? Man, that's For me, that's one of my favorite tracks One of the reasons is because It was the very first song that uh, We decided to do uh, I think and I always say this L I'm super fortunate to work with someone like him because when I approached him about doing Rogue Agents he didn't he hadn't even heard any of the tracks that I had done he was just like yep sure sign me up let's do it like he didn't know where I was at mentally or what direction I wanted to go in artistically he was just like yeah let's go ahead and do it so one of the first tracks that he heard the, like the new batch of beats that I was making was on the rise and um, it's funny Elle has a certain laugh and I'm not going to imitate it because <laughs> first of all I think it, I think he'd be you know upset but um, he has a certain laugh that I that he'll do when he's into something okay. and when he did that laugh when he was listening to the beat like auditioning different beats and he heard that one and he did that laugh I'm like oh I think I got him I think I got him <laughs> with this one so um, and the cool thing was, I, I didn't frame it for him. I didn't say, okay, so on this one, what I want to do is X, Y, Z. You know, some of the beats, I would kind of get some direction and then just let him run with it. Okay. Others, I would just let him do, I was like, just do you, do, do whatever you want to do. And that was one of those, um, one of those songs where I was just uh, like, okay, you like it, go ahead, rock with it, do whatever you want to do with it. Um, the only thing I told him was like, I wasn't going to do a scratch hook on it. You just got to, you know, just write a hook, you know, just do whatever you want. And um, I think it came out beautifully. Uh-huh. Um, and like I said before, we said before, that song really did set the tone for the rest of the album because when he heard the beat, he was like, dude, this doesn't sound at all like the EP. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't want it to sound like the EP. I want it to sound different. I wanted to make a statement to say hey that was the ep guys okay you're, we introduced ourselves to, to the world now watch how we'll flip it some, to something else and give you something that you didn't you know you weren't expecting from us so that's cool and and, and you just mentioned you said you know on the rise you you wanted it, that to make a statement so i'm just curious but on the rise is, is not the first track of the album uh let's get let's get it is featuring set out x so i'm curious with that being the first uh, track of the album, what statement were you making there? So it's funny because on the rise was not only was it going to be was it the first song we recorded, but because it has this like boisterous, big opening right with the horns, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the first song of the album. It's going to be great. We're going to come in, gang busters, bust the doors open, make the statement cool, and then. As more songs were recorded, 
I started having second thoughts. I'm like, do I want to make it the first one? Do I want to make it in the middle? Do I want to put on the rise? Still in the beginning? Who knows? So then, the, the version you hear of Let's Get It on the album is entirely different than the version that was recorded as far as the music goes. Um, I did that. That was actually one of the last songs I mixed for the album because I got Sadat to do some some vocals, right? I was, I was like, hey, I need a hook. You don't have to do something that um, that rhymes. You can just be picking up L. Actually, I want you to talk on the hook. Just that's you, and this was while they were recording the XL album. Right. right, so he goes in there and he's like, "This is L, my man. Tuba goes, my man L. Y'all gotta watch. Y'all coming in. You know, you know what he does. Yeah, on, totally. on the songs. So when he's doing the, the hook, I'm like, "Oh man, this sounds cool. This <laughs> sounds good. Actually, wait a minute. This sounds like it could be the introduction to the album because big, huge, huge shout out to uh, Sadat because he held us down on the album. He comes." He appears several times um, throughout the album. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make this the first song on the album. And then there's an interview that, kind of like an interview slash breaking down of our songs that Elle and I recorded just before the album came out. We did like a couple of videos. And so I took some audio from the videos that we did and put it at the end of that song. And it was funny because I didn't... <laughs> I didn't tell L about that song literally until the album was just about to come out. It was like literally two days before the album came out. <laughs> nice. And I was like, hey, um, are you by your email? He's like, yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you something. He's like, all right, cool. So I said to him, he's like, yo, when do we do this? <laughs> 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 I was like, um, yeah, I just kind of remixed it about a week ago and I got to that to do some. He's like, yo, this sounds great. This sounds awesome. So. Um, so yeah, originally On The Rise was the first song, and then like I said, as the process um, continued, you know, we recording our album, I'm like, oh, you know what, I'm not going to make it the first song, I think I'm going to make Let's Get It the first song, so I redid the whole beat, the rhymes are still the same, the order in which he laid down his verses are still the same, but then um, I was like, man, I don't have the hook, so I got Sadat to come in once again, and he held us down lovely, so once again, huge shout out to, to Dottie X for holding us down the whole album. That's cool, and that's that's real cool to know that the that last part of him just talking is you know something obviously you you created uh, because it actually is one of my favorite parts, I think of the album where it's just like, it's like totally it's like it 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 it, it kind of like puts the exclamation on the intro track. Thanks, thanks. Okay. Yeah, and that was you know that was part of the point. Like you know, it sets you up for what we thought about and what Elle thinks about the album and. and why you should check it out and, and like he even says it himself hey you know not everyone there's still people out there who don't know about me so this is you we're doing this album and you know join us and it, I think it's a perfect way to, to start the album cool I want to talk about uh, the, the the track Major Play featuring Sadat X as we get it in we fit bars more than 16 spit mean first team 32 miles investing and grind and crime collaboration, maturation, saturating, walking that's evaporating, music is aspirating, I don't simply have the patience to entertain or indulge to listen to what y'all making, me and X be ready, passport, stems, heavyweight, running down in every state, have bass, steady, uh, El Decente has said that 
this is a beat that his fan base wouldn't expect to hear him on. So I'm just curious, was it, from from your point of view, was there any hesitation to create this beat? And as a producer, do you have to consider what the the MC's fan base is used to listening, hearing them on, or do you not really consider that? Um, Tammy, you and your good ass questions. You know, I think I think initially, and when I say initially, I mean going back to the EP. I wasn't thinking about L's fan base. And so that's why on the EP you hear, like you hear straight ahead of hip hop, you hear drum and bass, you hear song, there's a song on there that's just strictly an instrumental song. There isn't even any rhyming on it. But with Rogue Agents, it was definitely a lot more strategized. I thought of his fan base in the sense of, I do want them to hear him on what would quote-unquote be a traditional LB, but at the same time, let's challenge them a little bit, not necessarily alienate them, but let's challenge them a little bit, throw them off. Like, as soon as they hear the beat, they're like, oh, wait a minute, L's going to rap on this? Okay, let me stick around and see what the heck is going to unfold, because I've never heard L rap or something like this. So, to answer your question, Yes, I was mindful of the fan base, mm. but I didn't let that box me in entirely and completely. And so I think that's why major play, in my opinion, works so well because, no, it isn't a beat that you would immediately think of Ella Sensei when you hear it. But at the same time, when you hear him flow on it, in my opinion, when you hear them go back to back, it's like, okay this works. I mean, I'll tell you what, when I was in the studio and I heard those two rapping over it, I'm like, oh my God, this is this is going to be one of my favorite tracks and the album's not even done yet, but this is going to be one of my <laughs> nice. favorite cuts on the album because when you're in the studio with them, you watch L write, you won't hear him rap. You'll just hear him, you'll see him, you know, writing and bobbing his head up and down. With Sadat, you can hear what the flow is going to be, but he's not saying the words, oh, right? So it's almost like a mock, mock rhyming that you hear him. So you hear him go, oh, 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 oh. so you're like, okay, well, what the heck is he going to be going to be saying? Because I hear the flow, but I don't hear the words yet, right? And right. then they go into the into the booth, and when they're spitting it, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, this is going to be insane i was like a kid in the candy store literally when i was in the studio i was so freaking happy um but yeah to answer your question um you know like i said i didn't let uh their respective fan bases completely box me into what i was going to do um but i did uh decide to kind of like okay I'm gonna, i want to challenge a little bit their fan base not alienate them but just challenge them just enough when when you when you're creating a beat, how important is it for you um, for you to I guess agree with the lyrics that the MC is spitting? That's a fine line to walk, right? So right. you want to, as a producer and just as a creative, you want to allow the, the artist to feel unencumbered and say, okay, you know what. I can't really, the same way that I was able to freely create music, 
should be the way that you should freely create verses and lyrics and your side of the songwriting. At the same time, there are times where, depending on, and of course, you know, depending on who you're dealing with, but depending on the subject matter, as a producer, executive producer, you need to be able to gently guide, if you will. Um, I've been fortunate enough that, you know, when you're dealing with a cool key, a Sadat, a JR, you know, Elephants, the internal quest, they're professionals to the point where I can just give them a couple of sentences. You know, if I indeed have an idea for a song, I say, you know, they'll say, oh, so what are you looking for in this one, Duba? And I can just say, you know what? There's a tech. Well, pass it off, for example. That's a perfect example. Hell, you got next? Nah, let me pass it off. What you up next? Nah, let me pass it off. Yo, who up next? Jersey never wraps off. John Robinson, duplicate, set it off. Hard jersey, read it, don't forget it. Also got the BX and Far Rock, and my spirit don't get it twisted. Try stay round, grace kicking the ballistics. Tundra like Blizzard, microphone wizard. We were going to record that. I told them, hey, guys, I have an idea for this, you know, Let's do like a, a back and forth type of thing, especially on the chorus, where you guys are just passing it off to one another. To one another. And I literally said passing it off. And L was like, all right, cool, got it. And he ran with it. And that ended up being actually the name of the song. I was planning it for it to be that way, but that ended up being the name of the song. Your brain if you couldn't bring the fans pleasure. Man, it's a love around blitz one. Don't try to figure the styles are. We switch it up. L, you got next. Nah, let me pass it off. Yeah, you up next. Nah, let me pass it off. Yo, who up next? Jersey never wraps off. I feel up next, so let me set it off. For me, I find that if I give just enough direction it allows for room for them to be themselves while at the same time you know the ship is being guided so to speak in the right direction hmm. I actually wanted to ask you about Pass It Off because it's actually I think one of my favorite one of my favorite I have many favorite tracks on this album and, um, <laughs> and I'm sure they're going to change in tomorrow but Pass It Off I think <laughs> it's just like I mean, it just, everything about that just seems, I mean, it just works. Like, you know, like L passing it off, you know, like to, to J.R. Robinson, to Internal Quest, but then also the beat is kind of, is they're all seamless. Can you just talk about the creation of that track? That, as far as the beat goes, um, there's a song called, uh, there's a song called Losing Out by Black Milk featuring Royce the 5'9". Okay. So the beat is actually an inspiration from Black Milk. When I heard that Black Milk song, I'm like, dude, what the hell were you thinking? What were you on when you made this? So <laughs> when I heard that, I'm like, okay, I got to make something. I got to make something right now. Like literally, when I heard that song, I'm like, okay, I got to make something right now. So I wanted it to be something that was like as soon as you heard it, I definitely wanted no one to mistake where we were from. Like I wanted it, I literally wanted it to sound like an East Coast track. Um, and I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be in your face. I wanted it so that when the beat came in, you were like, oh my God, wait, what's that? Like there's tracks that you hear that you can hear in the background and you're going with it, you know, it's mellow, it's cool or whatever. And then there's tracks that, you know, kind of stop you in your tracks. And my idea was, for that song to be one of those songs. And I was like, guys, I just want you to go in on the beat. Like, it's not a, there's no huge 
otherworldly, highbrow, conceptual type of thing. I just want you to go in, do what Jersey MCs do best, literally, and just right. attack the beat and, uh, and annihilate it. And um, I'm super fortunate and super happy with the results. I think everyone came through with flying colors, and it was the first time that I've worked with with JR, and I've met him before, but I've never actually had the pleasure of working with him. And tell me, when I got the vocals back, I, I told them, I'm like, the texture and the tone in your voice, I think it's fantastic. And the way they play off of each other, especially in, on the choruses, mm -hmm. I think it worked out. I think it worked out great. It was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's how the beat came, came about as far as the inspiration behind it. And then, you know, the direction that I gave the guys was just going. There's no... This is a little break from the espionage spy theme that we're doing in the album, right. and we're just gonna go in. So, and um, I'm, I'm super happy with the results because they came through with flying colors. In my Sorry, I put the grasp exposed pythons. You can't tell me this when I'm rocking with icons. So everybody in the game now second nature. They be stern, I don't really official blades. Catch me on the mic, MP or the faders. You ain't the jerk, then I owe you no favors. Amber Rose gold, clean up the top, checking nine two out of boy what, what for you? What what track? Um, I guess from you, from a production standpoint, what track best represents the mission of your of this album, Rogue Agents? From a production standpoint, as far as the you know the idea and the the, uh, the idea that we wanted to convey with the album, I'm gonna have to say it's a title song, Rogue Agents, because oh. I think production wise. When you, it, it's a great marriage with the lyrical content. Like I think the beat literally sounds like something sinister, sneaky, but at the same time it's heavy and very defined. Um, I think that to me, it's one of my prouder moments as far as from a production standpoint because sonically I think it does achieve what the subject matter is about, which is spies and espionage and crawling on the grass and taking out your opponents and you know mercenaries and that type of thing so as far as that goes yeah i think the title track to the album uh really does pinpoint and narrow down what the subject matter is all about that's the producer behind the Immortals Project featuring Elder Sensei's latest album, Rogue Agents. Uh, Duplicats, I want to get go a little away from the album, but get more and kind of give the listeners a chance to understand what you do. Um, cool. And also understand, what, you know, more, uh, just kind of more about you. Um, so in the MC world, you know, a lot of criticism by MCs are two other MCs. All right. They're, the lyrics are soft. They're, their flow is soft. You know, they're doing the same as cannabis says, same shh, different laxative. Um, so I want to know in, 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 in the producer world, what is, I guess, what is the criticism and this, you know, this is all professional, but what's the professional criticism of, uh, of other producers? I mean, like about their beats, like, oh, what do you, what do you see that being? In the producer world, I think a lot of times, I think the producer world is like, it's the same, only different, right? So 
there's a bit more, in my opinion, of a brotherhood in the producer world. There's a bit more of a, um, especially now, I think, with the advent of social media and internet, there's a bit more, a little bit more of a sharing of ideas. But as far as, as far as criticism goes, I think, unfortunately, you know, you still have, you're always going to have, and I think now it's even more pronounced, the the Me Too type of thing where, you know, you'll have a hot sound at the moment or someone's using, you know, triplets or a particular snare and one or two songs happen to race up the charts with that particular style or sound. And now you have everyone, you know, chasing that that trend. You know, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll hear a lot of, you know, when you're listening to a song, and you know you get into that 16th bar because you have some funky little sound effect in the background that rises, right? And then it'll go back to the beginning of the bar. It's like, okay, well, I heard Just Blaze do that like 10 years ago. Okay, <laughs> now this person's doing it, and now that person's doing it. Now everyone and their mama on, on these trap beats does that sound. Um, so I think when you chase certain sounds or trends or whatever. I mean, it's cool to be inspired by a trend, but to chase it, I think you really need to, I think you really need to define what your lane is, what your identity is, you know, professionally, sonically, as a producer, so on and so forth, and just try and stick in your lane. I mean, you know, we did On The Rise in 2010, for crying out loud, wow. and for we're blessed that it comes out in, late 2013 and kind of catches on in 2014 and I think the reason it can catch on and and resonate with people is that we weren't trying to chase and do whatever was I don't even remember what was hot at the moment in 2010 (laughs) but um, you know we just did what we wanted to do and you know L not too long ago was on tour with Sadat and he's like dude you know I perform that song all the time and people come up to me and says, hey, that's one of my favorite tracks. You know, the, the video was great with all the letters and all the words. So people are, like, I know based on what he's told me, people are actually listening to it and it's resonating with them. And I think it's great that we were able to achieve that without, you know, chasing trends. So I think to answer your question, to me, that's one of the biggest criticisms as far as the, the producer world goes, where, you know, unfortunately now you have a lot more biters in hip-hop in general i mean not just in the producer world it's like it's apparently it's perfectly okay to you know just grab someone else's name and and, then run with it i mean i don't know how many youngs there are there's so many you know and littles and (laughs) i mean at one point it was cool to like if you were in the same crew like you had little Steve and little kim that was fine because they were in the same crew you know you had the Jizza and the Rizza. That's fine because they're in the same crew. But apparently it's okay to just jack someone's name now and it's okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> True. Uh, kind of curious. Well, one, do you do you have a... There's two questions here. Uh, one, do you have a favorite sample that you kind of... your I guess maybe a go-to sample? And two, what is your favorite instrument to include in your beats? One of my favorite, well, to answer you the second question first, one of my favorite instruments as of late, has, and I mean as of late in the past two, two, three years or something like that, has been the Rose or the Hammond organ because I think it's such an expressive 
instrument. It could be used to, you know, um, inspire or inflict pain or joy or confusion or playfulness. I think it's a, just a very expressive instrument. Um, when I sample, I can, I'd like to think that I can flip it in such a way that, um, like I said, can evoke different um, different emotions or different ideas. I think it all depends on how it's used and how it's flipped. I, I will say that a lot of the samples that I use aren't necessarily, well, I should say they're all instrument samples. In other words, I don't necessarily go out and sample a lot of sounds or stuff that cannot be reinterpreted by a band, let's say. Okay. And that's that's uh, on purpose because there, there's a bigger there's a bigger plan for Immortals Project down the road without saying too much about it. So, for example, if you look at what they did with Avengers, right? So they released, uh, they did Thor, they did Captain America, Iron Man, and it all kind of led up to a big bang, which was Avengers. That's the bigger, without saying too much, that's the bigger picture with Immortals Project. So mm. Rogue Agents will be one thing, and then you're going to see a couple of other things, and there's going to be a big bang in whatever, I don't know, maybe four or five years' time. Oh, wow. So. Two things. Who do you look inside of, for hip-hop producers, who do you, you kind of look towards? And then also other producers that you kind of, outside of hip-hop, that you look kind of look up to or your influences? Oh. oh, good question. As far as hip-hop goes, producers that, um, producers whose work I'm really into and, and who inspire me, Illmind, I think, is one of the illest producers, I mean, not no pun intended, but he's one of the illest producers, I think, I mean, when it comes to from whether it's underground, overground, the stuff that he's doing with Smokey Robotic, I think it's great. Um, the usual suspects, you know, your your Primos and your and your Dillas and, and, and uh, Dr. Dre's, but then at the same time, there's like the... The guys that have put in a lot of work, but just their face just isn't out there as much. Like uh, like Jake One, I think Jake One's mm. work is is really great. Mad Lib, oh no, I'm a huge Lodge Professor fan. I, I don't think he gets enough credit. Lodge Professor, I think, taught a lot of these cats how to produce. You know, I mean, same as you know, you know, your Pete Rocks and um, Dr. Period. There's a lot of people, but I mean, for me. In hip hop, top three, and of course this can change tomorrow, but <laughs> top three would be I'm gonna say Just Blaze, Ill Mind, Jake One. Nice, nice. And then outside of hip hop, for me all time, um, and there's a newer guy in here, which it's debatable whether I should include him in all time, but. For me right now, all time, it's Quincy Jones, Rick Rubin, and Pharrell Williams. And when I say Pharrell, it could be, you know, clearly like Pharrell slash Neptunes. Right, right? Um, With Quincy Jones, I mean, you're talking about someone who's been there, done it all. You're talking from big band jazz to bebop to the poppiest of pop to hip-hop. And then you've got, you know, Rick Rubin. And I mean, 
who has he not worked with? I mean, you're talking Adele, Red Hot Chili Peppers, LL Cool J, uh, like metal, like hard metal, Slipknot type stuff, and the dude's just all over the place. Um, and then with Pharrell, I mean, he's walking right along that path. I mean, you're talking scoring movies, and uh, he can go from something like Clips to working with Gwen Stefani to back to Snoop Dogg, and I mean, he's he's really really doing it well. Like he he can straddle a lot of different genres, and he's doing it from the looks of things. He's doing it very very well. So, if you were to kind of create a quote unquote dream ten track album, kind of in like the way of like Illmatic with having all those kind of producers on it, but you actually have are able to pick an artist for each track. Uh, which which 10 MCs would you choose? And then kind of what, what do you imagine the mission or the theme of that album would be? Holy moly. Okay, so this is like my own personal Avengers, basically. Okay, yes, I got yes. it. I got it. <laughs> um, aside from the cats I've already worked with, I don't know if we want to include those guys, um, but for me top of the list it's gotta be Bahamadia I got a hymn man Memphis the microphone mechanism from inner city curriculum to cut an edge for heads like circumcisions in your mental zone I'm sliding stone basic instincts like shaving stone pockets puffy up in combs calipers now I think for me that's one of the illest MCs literally voice wise Caden, flow, breath control, everything. I think Muhammad is one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, I would say if I could, if I could bring him back, I'd be, it'd be big, big fun. But he's not available clearly, so I would say. You know, I've really been feeling what um, Fred the Godson is doing. I really love his his uh, his metaphors. It's incredible. Ray told me victory's unexpected. They hanging on my chain. Misery from a necklace. See my YouTube man, me spin. No, I'm reckless. First thing I ever selling metaphors on Craigslist. You know, again, sticking with one of some of the some of the newer cats. There's this chick from the West Coast. Her name is Snow the Product. I've been listening to a lot of her lately. Light skin, long hair, senorita. Uh, rolling up sativa, finally uh, in the limelight. Slice limes and tequila, living like can you keep up? I'm on the beach in Rosarita. Yep, I got my feet up. You want to see them, pull a seat up. Cause we got She's been doing phenomenal things. Um, I really, I've been a big fan of Tech 9 for a while. So 
he would definitely have to be on there. Follow me all around the planet and run the gamut on psychology. They can never manage. We do damage with no apology. Pick him off the panic a little man because I gotta be frantic. I'm a gem because I'm an oddity. Got all the track up like I'm growing up. I'm bring in Scarface on that too. I'd love to put a little bit of Scarface in there. We got this whole motherfucker on the mission. Now the whole entire world has got to try to come up with the quick decision. They claim we always liked what he's done and um, still sticking with that area. I'd have to go with Bun B as well. I'm a big fan of like men, like MCs, male MCs who sound like men, like grown ass men, you know? So just based on that, I gotta put Bun B in there. I gotta go, I gotta put three facts in there. I gotta put Andre 3000. Yeah, it's the national underground, underground, and I stop the ground like a million elephants, a silver back around the tank. You can't stop a train. Who wants to round it all out? I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Rockem. Gotta put Rockem. Follow me into a solo, get in the flow, and you can picture like a photo. Music makes mellow, maintains to make melodies for MCs, motivates to break some everlasting. I can go on for days and days with rhyme displays that engrave deepest X rays. And then, you know, it'd be cool to have like an overall theme of, you know, what this is where hip hop was, you know, and that's where, you know, like your rock hymns and your Scarface can, can come in. Obviously, guys that are legends but are still actively pursuing and refining their craft. So, this is where hip hop was. This is where it currently is. And then, you know, this is where it's going. And then, sprinkled throughout that overarching theme, it, you know, we could do um, issues of the current day, right? So, like, you know, I think bullying is an issue that. Uh, has come to light more recently, even though it's something that's always existed. Um, but I think with with the talent that we would have on board, I mean, come on, you could address that so well and so creatively, you right. know, and something like, you know, stuff that people aren't talking about so much in the mainstream, like cutting. I think cutting is something like literally kids who cut themselves, you know, like that's something that we could definitely tackle. So I think it'd be something really interesting and really cool to do for sure. That's really dope. Oh, wow. So what, what's next for Duplicates? So what's next for me is, um, for me personally, I'm glad you asked me this. There's a, there's a project that I'm working on. Um, I'm working on the music for it where it would be, if you can think of like sonically and lyrically and uh, the theme of it, it would be a mix between Portishead the Fuji's and like, I don't know, groove theory, right? Oh, yes. So what I'm looking for is musically speaking, as far as the production that I'm doing, it really isn't going to be reminiscent of, you know, what people know me before right now, which is Immortals Project. Mm -hmm. um, you can take some of those beats as far as like hard kicks, you know, really cool snares and thundering bass lines, but mixing it more with basically musically speaking if, if this makes any sense when you the elevator pitch right so the elevator pitch is like pitching someone an idea in 10 seconds and having them get it right right the elevator pitch 
I want it so that I cannot pitch it to you in 10 seconds if you, if you, if you get what I'm saying. So I want you to be able to like really have to sit down and listen to it. I don't want to be able to pitch it to you in 10 seconds and you get it and you understand exactly what I'm talking about. In other words, if someone, I mean, now that we know what the Fujis are, it's simple. We get it. But in right. the beginning, if you didn't know, if someone pitched to you the Fujis, you're like, okay, wait a minute. So the lead rapper plays guitar and sometimes he even plays it with his teeth. And right. there's a female MC and she sings and they play live instruments. And okay, yeah, I don't get it. Like if we didn't know them, the pitch would be pretty hard to pitch it in 10 seconds. But once you listen to it, you're like, oh, I get it. So that's what I'm working on right now. So if anyone out there is listening, I'm looking for a singer-songwriter. Uh, doesn't have to be female, although female is kind of like in the forefront of my mind. Um, can be male. But I'm looking for a singer-songwriter who's open to writing to like hip-hop-based beats, but it will you know, kind of uh, vary from that. Um, so that's what I'm personally working on now. Um, as far as Immortals go, we're, we're getting ready to do North by Northeast, which is a huge festival up in Toronto, Canada in June. So we're gearing up for that. Uh, you know, we're going to have the CDs, the merch, the t-shirts, the whole deal. Uh, so we're really, really looking forward to that. Hell hasn't been there in a couple of years and Canada has been holding us down lovely, um, as far as rogue agents go. So we can't wait to go up there and do that. Uh, and then for me, going back to me one more time, it's, you know, I'm still focusing on rogue agents as far as, you know, kind of getting the music out there. So we've gotten a couple of uh, placements in some skateboard videos that have gone up on Tony Hawk's YouTube uh, channel called the Ride Channel. So if you guys are on Ride Channel, some of our music is all over their videos. And I'm just trying to get, you know, the music placed in more you know, things like that, like video and, and film and, and things of that nature. So um, definitely, like I said, any singer-songwriters out there, hit me up. I'm on Twitter, at Duplicuts. That's at D-U-P-L-I-C-U-T-S. And if you guys want to follow and, and keep keep up with what's going on with the Immortals Project, you know, we're on Twitter, at The Immortals. We're on Facebook, The Immortals Project. And anything at all you want to find out about Immortals Project, just go to immortalsproject.net uh, spelled normally no crazy funky spelling, that's immortalsproject.net <laughs> and um, yeah, from there you can see all our videos, all our pictures, find out what's going on with us and, you know, Sadat and L, because I'll sometimes post up stuff that's going on, even though it, is, it may not be directly related to Immortals Project, but because we've worked so extensively together, I'll sometimes post up, you know, news for, that has to deal with JR or Sadat or L, you know, stuff like that. So it's all a, it's all a big family affair going on over here. Cool. Duplicates, the producer behind the Immortals Project featuring Elder Sensei's latest album, Rogue Agents. Uh, Duplicates, it's been a great honor to speak to you on the library of Tim Arnico. Hey, thank you so much, Tim. Um, um, this is a huge not your mouth belt, believe me, because I've listened to a lot of your interviews, and I think you're doing fantastic work, and everyone over at Rap Station, and you guys have, have treated us tremendously well, so 
anything you need from me, I'm always there for you, man. Thanks again for having me on. Finding is very thorough. A shuttle rebuttal, spotting the trouble. I'm never subtle. The soft, the music made the cuddle. Mine is contrived, a blob, yelling aggression. Man talking depression in corner rap sessions. Quality control, breath, past every label test. Time revamp the champ, cadence hitting every step. Bigger and better moves, abortively produced. Vocally subdued, the sound you can't refuse. You're confused, we lock, brawling, abuse, overhauling enthused, your yesterday's news, two's company, chances and paper is laid in front of me, part two, in the studio, recording comfortably, reset and reassess, ready as they evolve, affirmative action, heavy and on the job, we musically on call, we giving it to y'all, stay hard, intact, and steady abroad, reset and reassess, ready as they evolve, affirmative action, heavy and on the job, we musically on call, we giving it to y'all, Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.